Our second passage comes from the book of Romans. We'll be reading verses 35 through 39 of chapter 8. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as I mentioned, today is Halloween, but for those of us who live in Meadville, the festivities are all over. Trick-or-treat was Thursday, the big parade was last night, a little soggy, but I understand it went off at least. By the time the actual date rolls around each year, Meadville's Halloween celebration is in the can. But Halloween is actually All Hallows' Eve, and like other Eves, it's the day before the real holiday. In this case, All Saints' Day, also All Hallows' Day, thus All Hallows' Eve. Halloween, in fact, ushers in several days that recognize those who have died. The Interfaith Club at Allegheny used to observe this time of year with um, Beyond the Grave Week, uh, and actually the club that I advise still did that this week, where the various religious groups talk about their beliefs about the afterlife. The tradition of, tradition of honoring the dead around this time of year has ancient roots, for one thing, this is the season for dying things. Some plants die off completely. My flower bed's full of yellow hostas I need to get out and cut down. Trees go out in a blaze of color before their leaves drop to the ground. Like other plants, they go dormant as the winter months approach. Some animals tuck themselves away to hibernate, and with the weather this week, some of us might want to join them. For the ancient Celts in the British Isles, <clears throat> this was the beginning of a new year. It was the end of summer and the start of the cold months, what they called the dark half of the year. Pagans celebrated Samhain, October 31st to November 1st, as a time when the barrier between this world and the spirit world broke down and long-dead ancestors might cross over. People dressed as monsters and animals to fend off fairies who they believed could abduct these wandering spirits. Like other pagan rituals, Samhain was Christianized as that religion spread. In the 5th century, Pope Boniface moved the church's celebration of saints and martyrs, which had been close to Easter in the spring, and he moved it to this date in the fall. In the 9th century, Pope Gregory declared November 1st all Saints Day, and two centuries later, the church named November 2nd All Souls Day, a day to honor all the dead, not just those who had been martyred or had achieved sainthood. 
the church replaced the Celtic festival of the dead with a related Christian observance. Much as Christmas took over pagan rituals around the winter solstice and Easter adopted fertility rituals in the spring. Some Samhain traditions were incorporated into Halloween, such as donning costumes, although we're no longer trying to ward off the fairies, just having a bit of fun. The Day of the Dead, or Dia de los Muertos, is a Mexican holiday observed throughout Latin America. This uh, celebrates November 1st and 2nd, along with all, this is celebrated with November 1st and 2nd, along with All Saints and All Souls Day. Many of us know this festival from the Disney movie Coco. Believing that the souls of the dead can visit, families decorate graves, they light candles, leave treats to lure their loved ones back. They use marigolds, whose vibrant color and scent is believed to attract the departed souls, and they decorate with skulls, which are often laughing as if to laugh, or smiling as if to laugh at death. All of these festivals recognize this time of year as a thin place. Celtic spirituality identified certain physical locations as thin places, where the veil between heaven and earth is thin, and the spirit world is close at hand. Celtic Christians in previous centuries worshipped and prayed in these places, believing them to be portals where angels ascended and descended between heaven and earth. Likewise, this time of year is seen as a thin place, a time when the earthly realm and the spiritual realm are close together. The souls of the departed and other spirits draw near and may even cross over. Reverend Mark Roberts wrote about thin places in scripture, noting the many times when God is intimately present in our world. The first is in the Garden of Eden, where God walks in the cool of the evening and talks directly with Adam and Eve. God comes close to Moses in a burning bush, and also at Sinai, and then guiding the people of Israel through the wilderness in the form of a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Jesus, being God himself incarnate, is a walking thin place. Anytime people were near Jesus, they were close to God. But at times, even he withdraws from the crowds for time alone with God. He starts his ministry with 40 days in the wilderness, and we find him returning to the wilderness for prayer, crossing to the other side of the lake, going off alone, away from the crowds he drew, and even from his own disciples. But thin places are not so much places where God is more present, but where we are. We live thick lives with layers of work and school and meetings and chores. We fill our unscheduled moments with TV, video games, phone calls, and volunteer work. Sociologists in the 1960s wondered what people would do with all their free time as technology made so many tasks easier and faster. But what technology did was create a whole bunch of diversions to eat up our leisure time. Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, all kinds of things that we can do online. We rarely take more than a few moments to just rest in God's presence, to experience the holiness that the ancient Celts found in thin places. 
Psalm 139 and Romans 8 both remind us of God's constant presence. The psalmist tells us that even if we wanted to flee from God, there is no place we can go in heaven or on earth that God is not there. God would find us even in Sheol, a place that is usually described as being beyond God's reach. In Romans, Paul claims that nothing, not death, not the powers of this world, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God's love is inescapable. Paul preaches to the Greeks in Athens that God is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. The entire universe is a thin place, imbued with God's presence. We just need to carve out time from our overloaded lives. We need to make thin places in our lives by setting aside time each day, by taking Sabbath at the end of the week. Many people think of retreat centers as thin places, but we experience God more fully there because we have retreated from our busy lives. We have cast off the layers of activity that keep us preoccupied most of the time. When we go on retreat, we follow Jesus' example of getting away from it all so we can focus fully on God's presence. A friend of mine fell in love with Hawaii when she went there on vacation. So when she finished her master's degree in music, she moved there, found a part-time job, taught music lessons, got involved with the church, but she found that it wasn't the paradise she had experienced when she was there on vacation. She had just transported her busy life to a new place where she was as distracted as she had been before. She had to learn how to take time away from the busyness. She had to make thin places in her jam-packed life to enjoy the beautiful islands that she now called home. Next week, we will observe All Saints Sundays, as many Protestant churches do. We now observe that on the first Sunday of November rather than November 1st. And as we remember the losses within our own church family, some people will experience deep personal pain. Most of us will experience a sense of gratitude and respect for the lives that these departed souls lived and their dedication to God. But we know that God's inescapable presence can comfort us in this world and care for our loved ones in the next. We just need to find or make the thin places where we can draw close to God and find comfort. So may it be. Amen.